just trying to shoot the moon Isn't everything we've got that's just peas in a spoon Welcome to The Word Witch, a podcast for the modern magical soul, exploring tarot, astrology, belief, and more from a queer witch, that's me, in conversation with folks making magic from the margins. I'm your host, Claire Burgess. Let's make some magic. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Word Witch podcast. Uh, I'm Claire Burgess, and I'm your host. Um, I want to share today uh, a little bit about what you can expect here on the Word Witch podcast, um, about who I am, and um, about how, uh, how I came to this point where I am starting a podcast about tarot and magic and, and astrology and a belief. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll start by telling you a little bit about uh, what I want to do here with this project. So I want to talk about tarot, of course. That's, that's what I do. I'm a, I'm a professional tarot practitioner and a tarot teacher. Um, I also want to talk about astrology, which... I'm fascinated in, and I still consider myself very much a student of, um, but uh, I, I, uh, I, yeah, I love, I love talking about it and learning about it, um, and I hope to have some astrologers on here to help teach me things. <laughs> um, but aside from tarot and astrology and and magic, I I want to talk about belief. I really want to talk about belief, the whys, uh, W-H-Y, like the why behind it all. Why do we believe what we do? Why do these modalities speak to us? Why do the stars tell us such, you know, profound stories about ourselves, um, why is tarot such a profound modality for healing and and for self-determination and empowerment? Um, I want to talk about why why we believe the things we do. and and I want to do that through um, in some form through tracing those roots back through personal narrative, through personal stories. Um, I, uh, I call this idea personal mythologies. So I, I have my own personal mythology that is this story that I tell myself about myself. It's the, the tale I have that, that brings in the big headings of things that happen throughout my life. Um, you know, like being um, a, a little queer kid outsider in the Christian church in Birmingham, Alabama growing up, um, like discovering magic and witchcraft in high school in my wannabe goth years when I first started experimenting with lesbianism and took my first steps down that path to who I would eventually become. 
that the 10 years that I turned my back on all of that, that I said no to belief, that I said no to my queerness, and that I lived in a deep, dark pit of being deeply out of alignment (laughs) for a long time. And then the story of like my return from the underworld, um, where I started rediscovering spirituality and tarot and myself and my queerness and and my heart and my essence in my late 20s and the the big dramatic story of the tarot reading that helped me get there um and yeah it goes it goes on and on and on we 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 make meaning of our lives through stories through personal personal narrative um, and belief is so inter- intertwined with that. What we believe, what we have faith in is one, uh, like access point, like one perspective, or it's actually, it's, it's in some ways, it's like the whole framework that we tell our stories through. Um, when I said that I was deeply out of alignment for 10 years, like that's some like woo language right? That comes directly from sort of my like system of belief. Um, if I was in the Christian church, I might've phrased that differently. I might've said like living without like the Lord or uh, I don't know. It's, it's been a while since I went to church, <laughs> but uh, what I'm trying to say is I, I want to, I want to talk about all of these, um, exciting personal healing modalities, tarot, astrology, etc. And I just want to talk to people about their stories, about who they are, about how they came to this, about the the lessons that they have to share um, from those experiences. That's because that's what tarot does too, in a way. And, and this is maybe going back a few steps to talking about personal narratives. But um, for those of you who, who read tarot, for yourselves or for others, you know that you put the cards on the table um, and they have different positions that have different meanings, etc., etc. And then the actual act of reading is, is finding meaning, making meaning in the connections between these cards, these cards, these images that form kind of like a, a web of meaning and you like pluck one thread and see where it goes and from that arises this bigger picture that speaks to us about ourselves and our lives and our our present moment our current situation what has got us there where it might be leading us um it's it's a portal for investigating ourselves and for finding and creating that meaning, that context, so that we can understand ourselves and what's going on and what we want to do. So yeah, yeah. So big, big goals. I want to talk about the meaning of life. (laughs) But hey, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to do it. So um, one of one of the other things that I, I also want to do with this podcast um, is allow it to be a um, 
a platform uh, to facilitate facilitate others to speak their truth, to share their stories. Um, and I especially want to try to center queer people, people of color, anybody making magic from the margins. Um, that's a phrase straight from my tagline. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. And why I want to do that is because uh, as, as a queer person myself who denied their queerness for a very, very long time, um, I know how important it is to see other people like yourself being represented, um, standing up and showing up and just going, hey, this is, this is me. I am existing. Watch me exist. Like even that is such a powerful, meaningful thing that can make all the difference when you feel alone and like you don't understand yourself and and yeah yeah and so um yeah I guess I I guess I should say a little bit about uh my self now um so my name's Claire Burgess as you know um my business is the word witch tarot um, I, as I said before, read tarot professionally. I teach tarot. I do um, workshops and in, in, in little shops here in Portland sometimes. And I also am starting to teach tarot at Portland Community College. So if you're local, check those out. Um, I uh, uh, am in the process of um, writing a book about tarot, <laughs> um, I guess. It, they started as as just little like mini zines or big zines in one case. I, I wrote a workbook on the major arcana and a little zine on the minor arcana. And now those are growing into something so much more or what I hope to be so much more. Um, and I'm also compiling all of my uh, tarot spreads that I've made for the moon cycles, my moon spreads as I call them, into a book as well that um, I hope, I mean, realistic goals, hopefully can get it out by like March, March of 2019 or something. Um, so that's that's what I'm currently working on. And I, I want to also just slow down for a second and um, just, I don't know, give you an idea of where I am right now. So I'm, I'm talking to you from Portland, Oregon. Um, it's a dreary Portland October day. <laughs> I'm sitting at this table um, in the corner of my apartment that's sort of pushed up under these four gorgeous windows that my partner and I have filled with plants. And there's a tree outside my window that's starting to turn yellow with the fall. And I'm just, yeah, I, I'm feeling, I'm feeling this dip into the darkness and welcoming it. And I'm excited to see what it brings. Um, I, um, yeah, so I think I'm stalling now. <laughs> Oh, so I, I pulled um, some tarot cards to be with me on the table while I did this. And one of them was King of Cups for um, uh, 
vulnerability with strength, uh, courageous vulnerability. So trying to trying to embody and model that right now. Thank you, King of Cups. Um, so the how I got here to Portland, um, where I am right now at this table, talking to you, creating a podcast, reading tarot, all of this has been um, a really um, long and sort of catastrophic journey. Uh, <laughs> just a few years ago, I was in a very, very different place. I was um, living a life that on the outside looked really good, looked great. Um, like I had I had the the long-term relationship, the house, the dog. Um, I had a career. Um, and I, I had a a new car (laughs) and I was miserable. Um, getting here to Portland to what I'm doing now took a, you know, like I was talking about before with the, the personal mythology, with that journey into the underworld, it, it took my, my own, uh, I guess, Persephone journey down into the underworld. Um, and now I understand why I started talking about the season changing and the darkness earlier, because that's Persephone, um, goddess of the fall. Anyway, <laughs> um, I want to back up. The The reason that, um, what I, what I want to do is I want to tell you a story about belief and magic and queerness. And how how those things are inextricably linked for me. Um, Like I said earlier, I want this podcast to be about, um, you know, magic, tarot, astrology, but also about belief and and storytelling, people telling their stories um, and and to try to center queer people and and people of color and others on the margins. And while those might seem like three, um, sort of separate things or three very ambitious things, um, they're, they're, they're just so fundamentally connected to me. Um, and I want to tell you why. So um, I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. I lived there for the first 22 years of my life because I went to college there too. Um, as, as you might imagine, I grew up in the Christian church in Birmingham. Um, and I'm, I, I wanted to just go ahead and state, I am not trying to knock Christians at all with that, with this. Um, I know and love a lot of Christians. There's, there's some tarot readers that I respect and admire who are also Christians. So there's no reason that these things can't coexist, um, or even feed and inform each other in beautiful ways. But, um, in, the early 90s in Birmingham, Alabama, the Christian church was a very heteronormative, uh, very sort of patriarchal, uh, very gender roles sort of place. Um, and I didn't feel like I belonged. Um, I was just telling a friend recently that 
I, when everybody would pray in church or in Sunday school, I would like peep, peep my eye open and look at the faces of, of the other people around me, their eyes closed, their heads bowed. And so many of them with this like look of, of like deep peace, um, or sometimes emotion on, on their faces. And I just remember thinking, what are they feeling that I'm not feeling? And why? What's wrong with me? Um, because, you know, I was, um, I, I didn't, I didn't even, I didn't know the word queer back then. Um, I, I mean, the word queer in the nineties was not what it is now, but I, and what I'm trying to say is I had no frame of reference. I had no language to give myself, um, to understand myself through. And I had no role models of that either. Um, I didn't understand that part of myself for, and until like, I didn't understand it truly until like my, my late twenties until, until I was 30. So what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that, um, ever like since, since I was a, a, a young kid, um, in the realm of, uh, faith or religion or spirituality, I felt other. I felt uh, like a, I felt like an outsider. I, I felt like, um, this thing that, that so many others rejoiced in and, and believed in, um, wasn't, wasn't there for me. So yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's flash forward to high school. <laughs> um, a little 15 year old Claire is trying really hard to be goth trying to express myself really hard through through trying to be goth or as goth as my parents would let me which really meant um that I could only wear one item of black clothing out of the house at a time so I was a goth in like um a, a, a black t-shirt and blue jeans but whatever um uh so I, I started searching in high school. I, I started seeking. Um, I started looking into alternative beliefs. Um, I had not connected with Christianity. Um, I, I remember the first time I really like rationalized that or understood that in my head. I think I was in fourth grade. Um, fourth grade, y'all. I... <laughs> I was a fourth grade atheist. <laughs> oh my God. That is a fantastic title for like a memoir or a lifetime movie. Um, okay. Sorry. My, my, uh, my writer brain just went down a completely different path. Um, nobody steal the, that title that, that, that's the title of my next book. <laughs> anyway, um, back on track. So in high school, I started looking around, experimenting, um, and um, I ended up going to the bookstore and finding the metaphysical section and finding books on Wicca. Um, and 
it's it I guess it's obvious that that would appeal to me because I loved Buffy the Vampire Slayer I read I devoured fantasy novels um I at that time was not playing Dungeons and Dragons but I would come to be playing that within the year and um uh and every book report I did in elementary school was either on Joan of Arc or the Salem Witch Trials. So, um, I guess I guess this was this was always my obvious life trajectory. But um, yeah, I find these books on Wicca, um, and I start flipping through them in the aisle at the bookstore, and I'm like, "Whoa, what is this? Like magic? Like spells? Can I can I believe in that?" And then I like find, you know, pages talking about the goddess and I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like that feels like a huge step in the right direction. Um, here isn't just like a patriarchal religion, a, a one god who is male with a big white beard in the sky. But there's there's a goddess. Um, and, you know, now um, that that god and goddess thing is a bit lacking for me personally because it still subsists on the gender binary. And um, I identify as non-binary, by the way. Um, I use the pronouns they and she, but if you can find it in yourself to use they, I always really, really appreciate it. I get she all the time because I'm femme. Um, So anyway, that's something I probably should have said when I introduced myself earlier, and I forgot. Um, So... Yeah, I take these, I buy these books. I, I hide them in my room. I, um, uh, I, I bought my first tarot deck and I started using tarot. I would wait until my parents went to sleep and I would pull out my books and I would creep into the basement with spices pilfered, pilfered from my mom's spice rack. And I'd be down there in a, in the basement, like trying to cast spells with like, a like a Yankee candle and like <laughs> casting a circle with like nutmeg or like like allspice or some shit. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I resources were slim for a little pagan in Birmingham, Alabama, at like circa year two thousand. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I at, and at the at the same time. Um, as that, I was also like waking up to, to my queerness, um, to my, my, my sexuality. I was, um, you know, experimenting with my friends and (laughs) started having my first like little romances, uh, my first same sex experiences. And I just, I don't know. I remember being like so excited and happy I was writing all this angsty poetry it was like a really classic teenage time but like the the one like good part of being a teenager that I can remember was that um and um you know the the one of the reasons I think I was drawn to that um that I was drawn to witchcraft initially is um because it was other too. Um, I mean, witches have historically speaking always been on the outside, have been exiled, have been murdered, um, have been feared, um, 
have been scapegoated. Um, and none of those are good things. That's I, I'm not saying that I wanted to be a witch so that I could be scapegoated. Um, <laughs> I'm saying that what I saw there, the reason why the reason why people feared witches, why why the powers that be always feared witches, was because they witches had power, and that power threatened the status quo. So. I, I don't think that I could conceptualize it in those terms when I was in high school, but I did just instinctively know, oh, hey, this is something that is taboo and like unspoken of, unacceptable. It's something on the outside, just like me. But this is something other that also gives you power. This is a kind of other that makes you magic. <sighs> and I still think that's true. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, eventually, I ended up taking all of my books on witchcraft and, and my deck of tarot cards and um, throwing them in the dumpster behind the mall. Um and I, I can't remember exactly like what instance it, like caused me to do that, but I think that it was because my mom was 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 getting too close to discovering me, and I got scared. Um, and at that time too, my mom was hot on the trail of my sexuality. Um, she had already banned me from having sleepovers. <laughs> so while we never talked about it directly. She knew. Um, now, I also, I want to say, because that makes my mom sound horrible, that um, that was a particular time. And my mother, both my parents, um, and, and most of my family have grown and changed in so many ways. And now, like, I mean, God, like, in the last election, my mom would like call me on the phone and, and be talking about like trans rights and, you know, getting political and like, oh, I was, oh, I love you, mom. I love you. Thank you. I love you also, dad. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was a particular time. Things have changed. My mom is rad now. Um, so uh, I ended up throwing away those books, though, and I think that what that was, that was tantamount to turning my back on myself um, and turning my back on my queerness and saying, you are invalid. I bowed to pressure from, from culture, from society. Um, one of the reasons when my mom and I have talked about this since, that she... Um, uh, was was afraid of my my sexuality um, is because she she was afraid of me having a harder life um, and and I I see that I respect that um, but it's also really hard to like uh, mold yourself into being someone you're not. Um, Yeah, uh, but I think that I also picked up on that, and I I was I was scared. I was scared of having a harder life. I was scared of judgment. I was afraid of of um, being um, ostracized, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So 
yeah, turned my back on all of that and on myself and became a cynical, jaded, atheist, queer, gay person trying to be a straight cis woman for 10 years. (laughs) Um, And those were, like I said before, such, such, such a hard decade of my life. I was living so far out of alignment that I, so far off my path that I couldn't even see the path from how deep in the trees I was. Um, And the sky was cloudy and I couldn't find the North Star. And, you know, this this metaphor is uh, getting out of hand. But um, that's all to say that when I started rediscovering those things in my late 20s, um, I also started rediscovering myself. When I finally found a, a friend group, a community of people who saw me and and um, like valued me and didn't give a fuck like what my you know gender orientation or sexuality was, or if I was like neo pagan or if I was a witch or you know like they they supported that it was a, a group of uh, a delightful little group of other um agnostic pagans and and like eclectic witches and um just weirdo philosophical like <laughs> um yeah it it was that that was a community of people that I never had before. And through that, I started rediscovering my connection to spirituality and I started rediscovering myself. I, so I think that when you're seeking, when you are truly seeking what you believe in it, when you're thinking deeply and with awareness, um, when you're seeking, you also find yourself there. It's impossible not to. Um, so for me, my my spirituality and queerness are are, are my spirituality and my otherness um, are so linked. Um, my belief in magic helped usher back in my belief in myself. Because, um, because it taught me, believing in magic taught me that there is way, way more to this world than what can be seen and measured and quantified and understood. It, it taught me that truth and reality are not objective and that there, there's, there's plenty of room for liminality, for fluidity, for transformation, for the, um, the undefinable. If magic exists, if there's more out there than meets the eye, then there can be more to me than my body implies, than my outward femme appearance implies, than my, my gender assigned at birth implies, um, than my history implies. Um, 
So as a queer person who denied their truth for a long time, because I didn't know it was possible to be who I am, I want to bring that visibility to queerness, to otherness, to anybody on the margins. Um, it doesn't have to be specifically queer. Um, and I also want to say that if you are not queer, that's cool. <laughs> um, I, I, I think there will be things here for anyone. I hope there will be things here for anyone. Um, my, my first interview guest who I've already interviewed, she's not queer, but she's awesome. <laughs> uh, so whatever your gender identity or sexual orientation, know that you are welcome here. Um, whether we're cis or straight or queer or trans, this stuff affects all of us. We are all harmed and limited by labels and prescribed roles and these, these systems, <coughs> patriarchy, um, that, that try to tell us who we should be, that try to put us in, in boxes, force us into roles. Um, we're, we're all caught in this net together. So I think, I, I hope that you'll find insights and wisdoms here um, that I hope will, will help you unlock your layers and broaden yourself in ways that maybe have nothing to do with gender or sexuality, but have everything to do with who you are, with your truth. Um, so for, for everyone, I, I hope that this podcast, through this podcast, that I can provide one tiny door, a, a window, a crack even, into a more expansive and unlimited channel of self-love and, and self-development and self-understanding and um, self-belief. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are listening to this podcast right now, there's something in you that is other. Um, just by, by listening to a podcast that has the word witch in the title and that talks about, is, is made by a tarot reader and, and that talks about stuff like this, you're already taking a step outside the norm, um, the accepted bubble. You're doing something that would raise some eyebrows. So there is, there's something in you that, that is other too. And, and I, I want to try to reframe that as something that can be powerful. Um, there is power there. There's magic there somewhere. Why, like, what is it? What is it about you and your perspective on the world that is just slightly, um, slightly out of step, slightly to the left or to the right of the like established norm. Um, what is it about you that, that wants a different kind of life or existence 
than the one you have been taught that you should want. That thing there, that little bit of otherness that just makes you other, not because you're not beautiful and whole and right and valid, you are valid, but because it threatens the norm. <laughs> Humans like structure and stability and the norm and that, that shifts it. That's every, every little thing we do that's different from that norm is like a tiny earthquake under everybody else's feet. And maybe it can shake them up too into, into finding, finding their own right path, shifting, shifting their own steps from those well-trodden steps before them into their own discovery. So I encourage you to investigate that otherness in you. Um, yeah, open to that. How are you other? There's power there. There's magic there. So... On this podcast, we're going to have conversations with other people making magic, reading tarot, uh, herbalists, astrologers, um, and hopefully learn some about their personal mythologies, their access points to magic. And I have lined up already... um, some tarot readers, some um, a, a deck creator um, who I can't wait to talk to about the process, the creative process of, of making a deck, um, hoping to get some astrologers, herbalists, and I'll also be doing some uh, segments on, on tarot occasionally, on astrology, on whatever the fuck's interesting me right now. (laughs) Um, So also I want to say before we leave, another thing I want to do is to answer your questions. Um, If you have a question for me about anything really about uh, tarot or I don't know, candle magic or, or, queerness or I don't know advice that I can attempt to answer um if I have any good advice to give about it um send me those questions um you can send them to the word which tarot at gmail.com um and in the subject line please put question for you and the reason for that will be clear in a moment because uh, I also want to occasionally pull a card um, to answer a listener's uh, query. So if you have a, a question that you would like me to um, pull a card for and read for anonymously on this podcast, you can send those questions to the word which tarot at gmail.com. And in that subject line, please put a question for the cards um, and that will help me differentiate between the two. Um, Yeah, 
So I'm so excited to see what we're going to make here together. And as a last note, um, I want to say briefly, why am I calling it the Word Witch Podcast? Um, it's not just because that's my business name. It's not just because that's my Instagram handle. Um, it's because words are how we tell these stories about ourselves. Words are the units of meaning uh, that we create our understanding out of. Um, when I said I, I was a little queer kid and I didn't even have the word queer to apply, um, th that's because words, words are powerful. Um, naming is powerful. Ask any witch or magic worker or writer or even a speech writer for politicians. Um, words have power. The way we talk about ourselves to ourselves, that's a spell. The way we frame and retell the narrative of our lives, that's a spell. Um, the way we, we set and define our, our goals and our intentions, that's a spell too. We need words in order to understand things, in order to understand ourselves. Um, that's just how the human brain works. Um, so... So words have power, but words are also sometimes lacking and limiting. Um, sometimes there's not a good word. Um, I use the word queer because it's a flexible term and, and it, it can envelop multitudes, but sometimes it's frustrating to not have a better word to describe how I feel like I am. Um, that self-naming, that's a spell as well. Words can let us in and include us and make us feel like we belong, or they can lock us out, exclude us, limit us. So here on this podcast, we're going to try to put words to our stories. We're going to try to make meaning with these building blocks of sound. Um, <laughs> we're going to try to um, podcast a spell. <laughs> That's a pun that I, I've, I've been hanging on to for this whole like 41 minutes. <laughs> so maybe maybe here um, we'll, we'll carve out new spaces. Maybe we'll create a community. Maybe we'll come to new understandings together. Maybe we'll create some new words to cast the spells we need. So with your help and the help of my interview guests, I hope to make some magic here in this podcast. Um, to make some magic here with these words in this space. So let's make some magic. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this first episode of the Word Witch Podcast. 
I'm Claire Burgess. Bye. It's just fine. We're digging down to the earth to find the sky. We're always asking when, but never why. You've been listening to The Word Witch. Our theme music is Counting Rice by Bitches in the Beehive. Their album Itty Bitty Spaces is out now. The Word Witch is written, produced, and recorded by me, Claire Burgess. Our logo is designed by me too. Editing and tech support come from Danu Vino. You can follow The Word Witch on Instagram at the.word.witch. You can book tarot readings, find out about upcoming classes, and join our newsletter at thewordwitchtarot.com. If you'd like to support this podcast, join my Patreon at patreon.com slash thewordwitchtarot. For as little as $1, you'll receive collective tarot readings, tarot and astro content, downloads of my zines, and podcast outtakes and extras. Plus, you'll help make this podcast possible and help support a working witch. If you have a question for The Word Witch, email us at thewordwitchpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Till next time, stay magical. Tune in next week for my interview with Jordan of Sincerely the Tarot. I cannot wait to share this really amazing conversation with you all. So it's coming at you a week early. And after that, I'll be on a bi-weekly schedule where I will have an interview episode and then a solo episode where I talk about tarot and whatever the fuck else I want to. Um, all right, see you in a week. Bye. Sitting in our boxes, pretending that it's good, denying everything, just like we should.